Hey everyone, John and Andrew here. Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, the mind of an ultramarathoner. Peanut butter and banana sandwiches. And popping a squat. This is Obstacle Course. Here we go. John, in terms of, um, what's the word? Mountains, peanut butter, banana, <laughs> squat. No, in terms of uh, guilty pleasures. Guilty pleasures, In yes. terms of guilty pleasures. Peanut butter and banana. How high does that rank on your list? I love guilty pleasures. Yeah, I know, but which, oh, where how, does peanut butter and banana sandwiches Oh, rank? how high does peanut butter and banana sandwiches? Sorry, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's probably at the top, man. Top five snacks. But, but why is it a guilty pleasure? Are you saying it's unhealthy? No. Well, then I, I wait, think, why isn't it just a pleasure? <laughs> I guess I guess you don't have to feel guilty about peanut butter or banana sandwiches. Unless you eat two. Well, Stacy advises against eating too late <laughs> at night if, if you're trying to... Um, Reduce your caloric intake. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't actually use those words. No, but that sounded so official. Caloric intake. <laughs> yeah, no, peanut butter and banana was good. That was one of my takeaways from this episode. Yeah. Is, uh, that's a good snack to have. It, I think that was your main takeaway. <laughs> and I'm surprised you're still in the room and you have not gone to make yourself. Or to ask my mom if you can make a peanut butter and banana sandwich well, in, her, in her kitchen. Well, you know what? I don't even have to because your mom makes me peanut butter cookies it's, every single week. True. And I could just mush a banana on the top top of one of those bad boys or Sounds put the awful. banana between the two cookies. Sounds awful. Okay. Well, I, I don't... Yeah, I mentioned caloric intake, but I feel like you're not really like a big caloric intake guy, <laughs> judging by the times by that we my go gut. to Whole Foods oh, and see, yeah. we order a massive burrito bowl and you're like... You know what? That that piece. Well, this was just today. That pizza just came out of the oven. I should probably grab one of those slices. <laughs> I know, because every time you sort of look at me with those judgmental shark eyes of yours, yeah, and you're like, "Oh, you're gonna have pizza this time, Joan? Is that a good idea?" Judgmental shark eyes. That's a that's a nice way to talk about your partner. <laughs> and every time, like, absolutely. Well, only if I work out. This morning, I worked out with Simon Young and uh, had a nice personal session with him. Shout and, out Monkey Bar Gym. Yeah, episode. Three, I think it's episode, episode three. It seems so long ago now. This is episode, this couldn't be like, well, by the time it comes out, like 20 something. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a long time ago. But Simon Young is doing well. Saw him this morning. And whenever I work out with him, then I feel like I can have pizza with my uh, with my burrito bowl. Yeah. So, so there, Andrew. I'll order a burrito and with a side <laughs> of pizza. Did you work out this morning? No. Boom. I did, I did a bit of Boom. yoga. Well, I didn't have pizza <laughs> on the side of my burrito bowl. Fair enough. But I'm surprised you didn't work out this morning. Yeah, I wasn't What's feeling going on? it. I, my mindset was a little off. Well, and you had a tough weekend. I did. Yeah. So I just thought I'd do a little yoga, yep. stretch the muscles. Yep. And it was actually a little hard to <laughs> focus because the sound of our own podcast was playing in the background. <laughs> I was trying to do yoga as Sarah was listening to the podcast. And you're Thanks too busy laughing and crying. Yeah, well, I get... <laughs> As everybody does when they listen to our podcast. Yeah, hopefully more laughing. Have you ever run in the mountains? Yes. Do you get lost ever? Because <laughs> I don't. Is this another one? <laughs> this is another one you... I'm passing the baton on to you in order to reflect it back to me. Yeah, you're you're goading me into a story that you want to tell. Well, Just tell the story, John. Well, so we're t- we're talking with Stacy about mountains, yes. and John's like, "I've got this. Story. I've got this amazing story. I, I just I want to wait for the right time." So I don't know the story yet. Tell me the story, John. I mean, now it's hyped up, and so now I'm embarrassed to tell it. So maybe I won't know. But you have no stories of getting lost in the mountains. Uh, I've gotten. I've not known exactly where I am. This is well, a, a isn't bit that of a the funny. definition of lost? No. <laughs> This is something no. that I will 
I will fight till my death. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll fall on my sword for this one. Wow. There's a difference between not knowing exactly where you are and, and being lost. Oh, okay. And it's, the difference is what? <laughs> well, you can kind of like, you can know approximately where you are. You can be like, well, I know that the the parking lot is in that general direction. Right. I know if we continue down this trail, it'll we'll get to a, a high point right. and we'll be able to see where we need to go. Right. That's not lost. Lost no. is... Am I, I on the, a mountain? I yeah, don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm in danger. Right. I'm scared. Somebody come save me. Okay. Well, now that you explain the definition between getting lost and just not knowing where you are, I think this this is an, an example of me just not knowing where I am. Okay. But I felt lost emotionally. <laughs> I think if you feel lost, you're lost. <laughs> yeah. Because okay. it's, it's basically the same thing. The <laughs> listeners are like, just tell the story. Okay, so here's the story. As, as I've alluded to on previous episodes, one thing I do like to do is I like to do a little jog up our local mountain, which is Mount Zuhalem, which I always spell wrong. There's only one H in it, by the way, um, <laughs> if you're wondering. And so I do this little thing where, where I'll try and run, run up the steep parts, which is like more like a jog, and then kind of coast a little bit on the flat areas. So then I really punish myself. Usually takes me about 20, 25 minutes to get up to the cross or the T if you're not religious. <laughs> and, and so I get I get up to the cross tee and, and then I have like a moment of like looking out over my town my down and, and it's awesome <laughs> and, and then and then that's not the summit and I want to say everyone for, the, for those for those of you that go up Mount Zuhalem all the time that is not the summit and it always makes me upset because people get up to the cross and they go oh that was a good hike well see you later I'm like where are you going the summit's like 15 minutes that way bub and I don't say bub that often. No, but that, that's a term you reserve <laughs> specifically for people who think that the cross is the summit of Mount Suhaila. I know, disdain. And so I'm going this way, bub. So I, I head the other way. It's about usually about 15 minutes and, and you keep going. And there's no like sign announcing, you're at the summit, congratulations, because perhaps it's not that big of an achievement. For me, it is. Mm -hmm. But you just sort of notice at some point, oh, I'm at the highest point of the mountain, so I must be on the summit. And usually that's the moment when I, when I sort of sit, sit on a little, I call it a crag. I don't, I don't know if that's correct, but it's like a little part of the mountain that jets out and sort of sits over the valley. And I sit there and read and sometimes call Andrew when I get bored. <laughs> at least. <laughs> or send him selfies. Selfie. <laughs> selfies. Selfies. Yeah, What's up, buddy? You're on the mountain again, John. Okay. Wonderful. And get to the part where you got you get lost on the mountain that you run up every well, I'm weekend. Building, I'm building the suspense, okay. but but okay. <laughs> so so I'm not lost yet. And then um, this happened a couple of weeks ago. So I, I'm up there, and then I'm I better get back down now. I got I got other things to do. But believe it or not, and so I'm heading back down. Well, they were doing a bit of believe it or not some construction or some remediation work. You know when they put up like you know those uh, split rail fences, and they're like sensitive area, do not go in here. Well, I listened to things like that, so I was like, ooh, sensitive area, I better I better <laughs> go around. And so I went around, and it wasn't my normal way down. And, and then I just put in my headphones, started listening to to a podcast or Happy Gilmore, either one, and and just started going. And then all of a sudden, I sort of got this feeling like this none of this looks familiar. But I just kind of thought, you know, when when you're when you're lost, you're like, well, it must be right. You know, I probably just didn't notice that tree last time. So I just kept going, listening to my stuff. And then all of a sudden, I was like, okay, I know for a fact I'm on the wrong trail. And so. I'm not going to say I panicked because I don't panic. Okay, folks. 
but but uh, I kind of like, but I kind of make it just, just like, like I don't I don't get lost. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. But for a split second, I was like, uh, just I got to do something. So I just saw a trail and just gunned it by gunning it. I just my feet started running and I went going. I, I went. I kept <laughs> went going as they say, and and I was lying down the trail. Still, I knew I was lost, but I was like, this got to be gonna this gonna wind me back around sometime. Well, all of a sudden, I start seeing bikers who are flying past me. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I, I'm really lost. I've never seen a biker up here in my life. So I, I get, all of a sudden, I see the bikers. They're heading towards an area. And I get down there. And I just see a parking lot. <laughs> which I'm like, there's a parking lot on this mountain? Where where am I? That's when I was like, where am I? Because there was like probably at least 30 cars. There's a paid parking lot. And that's when I knew I was in the properties in Maple Bay. Now, for those of you who know about this mountain, you're all laughing and just being like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. For those of you who don't, that means nothing. Basically, the properties are on the other side of the mountain. So I, so really what I did is I started at Providence Farm, which is the bottom of the mountain. I ran all the way to the top, chilled a bit, sent some selfies to Andrew. And then I ran down the other side of the mountain, got lost, twirled around, ended up in the parking lot on the other side at the bottom of the mountain. I was not happy. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I was not happy. I came out and, and I was like, what am I going to do? And, and I had three options that came to me immediately. One was, well, just hightail it back up the mountain and just go the way I came. Well, I didn't know which way I came. So that wasn't going to happen. I didn't have any, any energy at that point. So I was like, second option, maybe I'll talk to somebody in the parking lot and just ask for a ride. <laughs> Put down my pride. So I asked like one person. He was like, dude, we don't have room. Like, Sorry. And he just jumped in his car. And I was like, that's a really uh, actually appropriate reaction. <laughs> like, what, what was I thinking? And then thirdly, I was like, or I could just run all the way back down to the car now through Maple Bay. And so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Because even though it's way further, I know the way. So I looked at my GPS and it was like seven or eight K. And I was like, <sighs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> and that's what I did. So I, I ran back all the way down, back to the car. And uh, I, I actually thought about, you know, calling Angie to pick me up at some point. I thought that and was going to be option number three. No, for sure. that was not an option. You know why? Because that's a pansy ass option. And I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Angie, can you please come me up in the mountain? I'm scared and tired and dehydrated. <laughs> I'm not calling her. I didn't mention it to her. To which she said, oh, do you want me to come get you? And then I said, as any man would say, absolutely not. I got this. You know, you can't run all the way. Oh, I can run all the way back home, hon, and I will. And and I did, and I made it home. Hmm. So the, this really puts into perspective the conversation that we're about to have with uh, <laughs> with, with an ultra marathoner. <laughs> I know, Stacy, you you run 180 kilometers <laughs> without stopping overnight. But do you realize that John one time got lost and had to run 8k down a road? <laughs> he didn't even call for help. I mean, he like texted and mentioned he might need help. And he was going to definitely need a big meal when he got back to the house. But he, he didn't actually ask for help. Exactly. And yeah, Stacy, I know that your mountain was 9,000 feet tall. Mine was at least 1,000. Uh-huh. 1,000. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, I don't know how she didn't get lost. I was going to ask her if she got lost. Maybe she's not a dumbass. I guess she's not. But it's amazing. The, the Like... I got a small little inkling of what it must feel like to run 160 kilometers through mountains by running, what, 10 kilometers and getting lost on the way. And my hat's off to Stacy. 
Mm-hmm. My gosh. I mean, she and she's not calling anyone once she gets up there. It's pitch black. It's three in the morning. There's there's mountain lions probably on her trail. She's by herself. She's got her boiled potatoes, so she's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she's listening to Happy Gilmore to keep her laughing. But I had none of those things. No. I just I just I just had the hope of finally getting back to the car. Well, John, I think I gotta say on behalf of Stacy and, and all our listeners, thank goodness you're you're here with us today. Yeah, and I, I wanted to start this episode with that story. What a harrowing ordeal. Yeah, and so both Stacy and I know the rigors of the mountain yeah. and the rigors of mountain life. And perhaps she knows a bit more, but you know, it's not a competition. This is obstacle course. Today on the podcast, we have Stacy. Stacy, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh. See, I wanted to get that out of the out of the way right away. So now you know. You can feel free to make as many mistakes as you want. <laughs> See, it happens. We have a great blooper reel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. So today on the podcast, we have Stacy Dittmer, and we are talking to her today from the prairies. What part of the prairies are you talking to us from there, Stace? Uh, Brandon, Manitoba. <laughs> Brandon, Manitoba. I actually lived in Manitoba for 12 years. Those are 12 years I will never get back. I <laughs> have never been to Manitoba. Tell me what Brandon, Manitoba is like, Stacy. Yeah, please. Oh, it's a nice little town. Um, we don't have a ton of hot weather. Like, our summers are nice, but um, come winter, we're minus 40, so there's... Uh, not a whole lot to do but run in the winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you do run all winter, don't you? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah that's crazy. We're going to dig into that a little bit later. Um, but I want to start with something you said last night. Um, speaking of Manitoba, it, it turns out it is a different time of day there than it is here. <laughs> so last night, as I as I can do sometimes with our guests, the night before, I was frantically texting her last minute wisdom and tips and things like that. When all of a sudden I realized, I was like, shit, it's like 10 p.m. in Brandon and I know Stacy gets up early. So I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Stacy. I'm sorry if I woke you up. She's like, oh, it's okay. I'm just chilling watching Netflix. And that actually kind of gave me... Um, inspiration because I was when I was I'm trying to wrap my mind around how you do all what you do with your running and your business and your kids and everything else you do I thought there's no way she has time for Netflix it turns out she does so what do you what are you watching on Netflix I've I've watched Game of Thrones twice through have you really we got a Game (laughs) of Thrones fan in the house Woo! there goes our next hour yeah Andrew has not seen it so I can't talk to him about anything so I just freely throw spoilers his way and he's like I don't I don't know what that means yeah nor am I that interested but (laughs) maybe maybe in a decade or so I'll pick it up um Okay, so yeah, you were you were hanging out watching Netflix, and uh, what what is your morning yeah. routine normally like, Stacy? Well, um, three days a week I have um, boot camp classes that I teach at six a.m., so I'm up around five each day for that, and then um, same with on the days I'm not doing classes, I'm running. And um, if I'm heavy in training, I've been known to have to get up at 3.30 or 4 to get those uh, long runs in before the family's up and, and uh, needing to get to hockey or wherever we need to go. So, yeah, I have some early mornings. So 
I'm not that exciting person to party with because at nine o'clock <laughs> I'm on the table. <laughs> yeah. I like to fall asleep, but yeah, I've got some pretty early mornings. But I lo- I love the morning. I morning person. So. But you said long yeah. runs. Now most of our listeners will think, oh, a long run. So you're probably out for a half hour or so. That is a long ass run. I'm guessing yours are a little bit longer than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so when I'm peak training, um, it could be a five-hour run. Did you say so five hours? Five hours. Wow, yeah. Oh my god. That's, that's not all the time. That's that's um, that's when you're right in the thick of training. But yeah, yeah. and by training, you 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 mean training for like an ultra marathon? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. what what distance are we talking when you when you're off for a five hour run and where do you go like do you just run until you're yeah. like two and a half hours in and then I should turn around now because Brandon's not very big I mean do you just Brandon's run around Brandon big. a bunch of times or run to Winnipeg Yeah, yeah. well it's funny um, sometimes I guess maybe four or five times if my son has played baseball in a town that's 30 miles away I will sometimes run to his baseball game <laughs> so it gives me a little bit of um motivation too because I can't slack off I need to make sure I'm there for the beginning of the hockey game or the beginning of the baseball game so I might pick a town that he's uh playing in that day and then you give him um, the bad news when you get there we have to walk home because I yeah <laughs> I didn't They'll think pass this me through. on the highway when I, when <laughs> yeah. they're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's um, Brandon's pretty small, so I do get tired of uh, looping around here. Um, so I like to go out. We've got a really nice. Um, it's called the Brandon Hills. It's not far from here, um, and it's a nice trail system. So um, sometimes I'll run out there, which will be. I don't know, maybe 12 miles and then run in the Bren Hills and then run back. So, you know, I'll do some highway and then some gravel and then a um, couple hours of trail and then come back. So I get a bit of everything. I remember you telling a story about the first time when you ran in the hills that you got hopelessly lost. Was that was that the, was that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us about that. Yeah. It sounded like it was fraught with uh, some panicky moments and maybe a, a bit of frustration <laughs> well just frustration because i didn't think it's not that big of a trail system i didn't think it was possible to get lost out there <laughs> um, <laughs> and i didn't know about trail forks which is an awesome app that i have now and i can just go exploring now because i it has gps and i know exactly where i am so um i wish i'd had that then but you know i it you don't panic. You kind of go back to you where you know you were right, and then find your way out. But yeah, an hour run turned into a good three, four hours trying to get out there. Oh wow! But makes for an adventure. <laughs> well, and shockingly, that's when you decided I really love trail running. I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. sound like you had a glorious first run, but then, but the funny thing is, is that that struggling first run was what inspired you to get into it, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it almost took me back to my childhood, though, because I did grow up on a farm and we had a pasture across the road. And um, that's what we did. My cousins and I kind of ran around there. So being there just brought back all these fun childhood memories of running through the through the pasture with my cousins. And I was like, yeah, I, I love this. It's great. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we can talk more about kind of what first inspired you and, and thinking back to those childhood memories but 
in terms of where you are now, we're, we're talking about five hour runs and some serious distance. And you've also uh, done some competition. And I, why don't you just take us through the the run that you traveled down to Idaho for and uh, got you on the front page of the newspaper? <laughs> yeah, that was very nice. Um yeah, so I usually try and pick a race that's um, in June. So I because because I train through the winter and then um, come June I do a big race and then I get a couple months at the lake to kind of not worry about mileage and just spend time on my stand-up board or my kayak and be with the family. So I just kind of got online and, you know, where would be a good place to travel to. And so we went down to Idaho and was blown away by the beauty. And that's one cool thing about running is I've gone to these amazing places that I'd never go to. Like for my 40th birthday, I went to to Moab and I was like, yay, Moab. <laughs> but when I got there, it was so beautiful and I would have never gone there if it wasn't for running. But Where anyway, is Moab so, again, um, Stace? In Utah. Oh, Utah. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So for my 40th birthday, I was like, okay, where can I go in November? And I was like, oh, awesome, Utah. (laughs) But then went there and my husband and I were blown away by how cool it was. Like, you really feel like you're on Mars. There's just these slick rock um, craters and it's definitely a place we want to take our kids back to. But but anyways, going to Utah, um, we rented a house and um, we had a crew come with us. So it was me and my husband and my two kids, Kaylee and Carter. And, um, so we had a crew come with us. One of the girls was running a 50 mile and one was running a 23 mile. And um, and we also have um, some crew, which I have the best crew captain ever. She's so, well, both of them, Krista and Kyle, are both uh, super energetic and enthusiastic. And they ha- they just love this stuff and they can befriend anybody in, in a minute. So, um, so we all traveled down there, rented a house, and it looked like we were in the Alps. Like it was just you know snow-capped mountains and beautiful greenery and we we're right beside a, a ski hill and then looking out my living room window I could see the two mountains that I was going to have to climb and that was scary because yeah. <laughs> again I'm a flatlander a prairie kid I don't live in the mountains and just looking at that was a little daunting and I actually there was someone that um had kind of said to me like have you ever done this before kind of kind of like I don't think you know what you're in for I don't know that you're really like have you trained in something like this and <laughs> but actually that really fueled me to go like I'll, I'll show you I'll, I can do it you know but um so him saying that might have been trying to intimidate me but in fact it uh it backfired <laughs> yeah. yeah perfect <laughs> so yeah uh Idaho was so beautiful and uh the first climb the one thing on the website they said you know be prepared for hypothermia for heat exhaustion for um, altitude sickness, which is something I, I was Googling it, like what, you know, what's altitude sickness? And it sounded like all the things that you'd be faced with in an ultra anyways, you'd have like headache and nauseous and, you know, it's like, oh yeah, those are all um, ultra marathon feelings anyways. But after the first climb, which wasn't even the biggest climb I was going to have to do, I was already going, I don't know if I belong here. I'm a fish out of water. Like I, my heart, if I was a cartoon character, you'd see it pumping out, you know, and <laughs> I, my eyes were going a little fuzzy and I was like, I, I really don't know who I'm, I'm not supposed to be here, you know? And, um, and then I just kind of got in a groove and said, I'm not going to be intimidated by this and just one foot in front of the other. And, um, yeah, I had a really had a good race. 
It's really good. I end up being by myself uh, most of the race, but um, it was really wonderful to see my family and my crew um, at the station. So I got to see them seven times throughout the race. And uh, I felt a bit like a race car or, or a boxer. Every time I came into a station, they'd put me in a chair and take my socks and shoes off. And <laughs> my kids would bring me food and water. And my friend Krista and my husband would take my you know, shoes off and get Vaseline and put me with a new pair of shoes. And sometimes I'd come in an inch taller because I had so much mud on my shoes. So before the next station, they'd go wash them in a creek and put them up on the car to dry them off just to make sure. So definitely couldn't have done it without them. And just and just being able to see them at each station was just so motivating. So, so there's a fair amount to unpack here. The the One of the first things you said was you were at a threat of both hypothermia and heat exhaustion yeah. in the same race <laughs> and and altitude sickness. So how... Well, that, yeah, those are things I read on the website, yeah. Yeah, so how high were you climbing here? Like, what is the total elevation change of that of that um, race? And it's two, 100... Oh, sorry, the two big climbs were 8,500 feet. Um and then I think it was 23,800 elevation gain and loss. Wow. So there, there was definitely lots of snow on top of the, the mountains. And uh, something I was just, I think maybe it's good that I'm naive and ignorant about things because I just kind of go into it without thinking. Like, I don't know numbers. I, like, to me, that meant nothing. I was just like, oh, yeah, 8,500 feet, whatever. But I get there and I'm like, okay, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> You're like, which mountain are we climbing? Because that one's way too tall. Uh, is there another mountain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one has snow on it. We're not yeah, doing that one. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. And and so you were literally running through snow at the top of those peaks. Yeah. How deep was yeah, the snow? And there's, um, it was some places maybe up to my shins. Um you know, and there are some parts where I was on my hands and knees. I haven't worked with or haven't used uh, trekking poles before. And I, they suggested that we have them and I never used them before. So I didn't take them up my first uh, climb, which was um, old Tom. And I really wish I had of because I was really struggling up that one. And um, when you get to the top of that one, there's a man and I didn't know this, but you have to get a bracelet um, to bring back down the mountain or else you get disqualified. So I get up there and there's this man dressed in big beard and winter gear. And he's got like six or seven dogs just sitting. And I felt like it was God at the top of the world. <laughs> and I climbed up to get my bracelet. And um, that was probably the darkest, hardest part of the race. And then after that, I... I, I don't know if I just kind of got used to being up high and knowing, okay, this is what I'm doing. Um, but that was definitely the biggest challenge was that first 8,500 climb. And then the one that, and then the next climb the next day was as high, but I just kind of felt like I got this. I was fine with that one. So how long on these races are you running for consecutively? Um, so this one was 28 hours. The, the, fastest I, <laughs> the fastest I've done is 22 hours, but um, that's one thing. It's so different with road racing and uh, trail racing. It's, it's apples and oranges. Like, you you know, a lot of people will say, well, what's your PR for your marathon? Well, it's, 
you can't compare it. You know, I, I'm really proud of my 22 hours, but I'm way more proud of this 28 hours because it was just so much more challenging. Well, and, and, so and when our listeners um, hear uh, 28 hours, they might be thinking, okay, so eight, nine hours of sleep, um, and then uh, maybe uh, 14 hours running, and then some meals. And No, that's just 28 hours running, correct? Yeah. yeah, and it was almost twenty nine, almost twenty nine hours actually. Yeah. 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 You don't you don't sleep. You no. don't stop for too long, or else you don't. That's dangerous because you won't want to go again. So my crew tries to get me in and out of there as quick as as quick as they can. So in terms of the training for this, how how do you do it? <laughs> because going for a five hour run in the morning, that's great. That that'll get you through the first quarter of the race, right? Like how do, how do you continue to persist? What is motivating you when you're in that dark place like halfway up the mountain with no one else around in the snow? Yeah. Um well, as far as the training goes, um it it um I pick a training program that's uh, quite a bit less mileage than a lot of um other runners would. I do a lot of strength training, so I have this mindset that I don't want to overtrain and I um, want to get to the start line uninjured because so many runners are injured. And um, so the peak mileage that I ever do is 70 miles in a week. So I, um, I might only do maybe, you know, 30, 30 to 50 at the most a weekend. So that's only half of your race over two days. So it's mental. Like once I might've only, only ever run 30 miles in the training run in one day and then I have to go to the start line and go okay now I've got to run 100 miles so you can only be so fit but your mind is what's going to carry you for the rest of that duration so um it's I think it's mental toughness that that helps you uh finish those things absolutely so, so Stacy, you're not a Jedi. You don't have Jedi mind tricks. What is the what is the secret to your to your strength of of mind? Because you're right that that I mean, at mile seventy, or or, or like you said, when you got to the top of the mountain, that was the hardest part. Uh, just maybe describe for the listeners what that feels like. What are you feeling when you're at like say the top of the mountain or the or the the hardest part? What sensations are you feeling? How's what's your, what thoughts are you thinking? What's your body feel like? Take us through what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you feel nauseous. <laughs> um, you definitely have feelings of self doubt, but I I know that I need to stop that in its track because as soon as you have any negative thoughts, you're done. You're finished, and you have to stay as positive as you can. And um, um, I think that my positivity and my gratitude like I I really do have fun too and I know sometimes it sounds grueling and awful and there's dark times but I'm also out there going like I get to do this like I you know there's there's lots of people that physically wouldn't be able to do that and I get to be in this beautiful nature and I get to um, run on these beautiful trails and see these beautiful places and um, I have a body and mind that can do these things so there's a lot of gratitude. Um, I do lots of praying, <laughs> lots of singing. And um, I think I just stay positive. And I know that just from experience that in an ultra, every time there's times where you feel really low, but you come out of it again. And um, you just kind of have to hang on like this race here when, you know, 
uh, I ran all through the night by myself. And um, when the sun came up, it was kind of like a new day, right? And it's almost like another win because before I even started ultra, I thought I'd love to do this, but I'd be really scared to run all night by myself. And so to come through the night by myself and that new sun to come up, it's like almost like another win inside the race. And, um, but that, um, I got really tired. Like I just wanted to close my eyes and I was just so tired. And, um, I just thought, you know, you're just, you get to be here, you get to do this, just just keep going. But I don't know if that answers your question. I think I kind of went off on a tangent. No, no, that, that was great. Um, you did mention keeping the dark thoughts away. Can you detail, like, what, what are some of the dark thoughts you're trying to keep away? What's that voice you're hearing that's perhaps you're trying to quiet? Um, Just... You know, sometimes when you start a starting line, even you look around and go like, am I fit enough to be here? Do I belong here? Like, look at these athletes. Am I, am I supposed to be competing with these people? And, um, and just um, dark thoughts like you're, you're exhausted and you're tired. And I think every time I've done one of these, I go, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love the doing them, but I say it every time. Um, and then I, cross the finish line and then I start looking for the next one but <laughs> but yeah you're just you're tired and you're exhausted and um and uh you just got to keep going just one foot in front of the other so so just the just the thoughts of just being so um physically and mentally exhausted and just you have to look at your feet all the time because there's rocks and roots and cliffs and um you know, you don't want to break an ankle or do whatever. So there's a lot of uh, mental exhaustion too. And plus, before you started, weren't they like, oh yeah, by the way, there might be bears? <laughs> <laughs> um, no bears, but mountain lions. And mountain lions, right, bears. right. So we're hearing you, <laughs> we're hearing you talk about going along, just looking at your feet one step at a time, singing, praying, being grateful. I don't know if we've actually mentioned the fact that you finished first in your category in this race too. You, you finished, you won the race basically. So, um, I, had we mentioned that yet? I don't think, I don't think so. No, it didn't come up. So, so <laughs> as we, we see these medals behind you, um, it, how does that feel to, to be able to not only feel grateful for being there and wonder whether you're fit enough and then end up in first place? Yeah, that feels pretty good. <laughs> um, I I think that um, I don't panic and I stay uh, pretty even course. Um, my crew would tell me, "Oh, Stacy, you're in you're in fourth place," and I was just like, "I don't care. Like, I just I want to achieve my next belt buckle." And for those that don't know, every time you do um, a hundred mile race, you get a belt buckle. So that's my new obsession right now is collecting these belt buckles. But I just said to them, or said to myself in my mind, I just want to finish this race. I just want my belt buckle. And my daughter said to me before the race, she says, mom, even if you get last place, you still won because you you finished (laughs) the race, you know? So, um, (laughs) so um, when the sun came up the next day, I kind of, again, it felt like a new day to me. And um, I had uh, passed the third place female and was just, kind of feeling like it was a new day it was a new run um then at the last aid station um my crew informed me again you're at third place and I was like okay that's that's cool but whatever and then I passed 
the um, second place female going up the last big climb, which was Scout Mountain. And um, I knew that my son was meeting me at 94 miles and that if that is true motivation, knowing that your, your son's waiting for you there. <laughs> oh, I get emotional talking about it. Um, so I just, I kind of smiled at that, at that girl. I'd met her on the race and we had talked and she was very kind. She was from there. And um, I just said, um, I'm just kind of on a mission. I, my son's waiting for me at 94, so I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And then, um, so I get to the top of Scout and there's a photographer there that I'd met before the race. And she said, you know that the first place female is, not that far ahead of you and I was like oh really <laughs> like just not really kind of feeling super competitive at that point just like well that's cool you know and then um I ended up passing her at uh just after 90 miles and then it was go time and then there was so much snow and I tried to run so fast down the snow and um I ended up I heard my ankle pop I, and I was just like I don't have time for this my son's waiting for me I'm 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 lead woman right now. I got to go. So I slid down on my bum for quite a ways and um, <laughs> ran, down, <laughs> ran down the mountain. Um, my crew and my husband weren't expecting me to come out. Um, so they were kind of emotional and happy. And and um, I didn't stick around that time to get my shoes changed or to really eat or do anything. Just picked up my son and uh, finished her up. <laughs> so it was pretty, uh, pretty awesome memory to uh, run into the finish line with him. Oh, that would have been so special. How far yeah. do you think you slid down the mountain? That must have been fun, actually. That must have been the funnest <laughs> part of the race. Or maybe not, because your ankle was throbbing. <laughs> it was. I There was a guy taking a video, and I was just like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a change from the first day where I was feeling like, you know, this prairie girl, I don't belong here. I'm I'm just, like, dragging my butt up this mountain, and then... To the second day going like I've just passed all the women and I'm first place and I'm sprinting down the mountain just just pure elation and so much fun and uh yeah so two totally different days within that race I guess mm -hmm. from, from a bigger picture perspective if, if we were to take this out of this experience and to life as a whole what do you think that tells you about mindset I related a lot to life. I feel like, um, you know, there's peaks and valleys in a marathon and there's a peaks and valleys in your, in your everyday life. And you just keep going and you keep as positive as you can, I think. And the same things that helped me, um, in an ultra marathon are the same things that helped me in life, but like good and bad. I, I lean on my family and friends. I, I pray and I keep a grateful attitude and those are the three things that I find in both those things, both in life and in ultramarathon that maybe help me be successful. So if we see you singing at the grocery store, we know you're just going through a rough patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I also sing to keep the wildlife away. Yeah. Sometimes I, I worry what's in the bush and I go, well, maybe if I sing, I'll keep them. So them it's away. like real, real nervous, kind of tight singing, <laughs> trying to keep the wildlife yeah. away. Yeah, no one would want to hear it. <laughs> are, are you, what are you listening to? I, I'm guessing you're listening to something as you're running for 28 hours. Did, did, did I read somewhere that you downloaded some actual comedies that you're, that you're listening to? Yeah, I don't listen. I don't like listening to music when I run, actually. Um, but at nighttime, um, 
when I'm on my own. Um, I download uh, like Happy Gilmore or Forty Year Old Virgin or whatever the movies that I've seen a bunch of times. So um, Bridesmaids was another one. So I I download these movies and then when the when the um, sun goes down, I plug them in and I just. Uh, uh, it really distracts me because I know what's going on in the movie. I'm not watching it, obviously, but I can no, hear what's happening. Yeah. So I'm laughing out loud at the at the places <laughs> I know, and it really, it takes my mind off the 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 mountain lion and the bush beside me. <laughs> I, so I, yeah. I wonder how Adam Sandler would feel to know that when <laughs> he made Happy Gilmore and uh, and an ultra marathoner is is when he's saying <laughs> go to your home ball. He's got Stacy in the woods in Idaho saying go to your go back to the finish line Stacy get home Stacy I, I just yeah. think if to be a fly on the mountain so to speak or to, to be a mountain lion on the mountain watching Stacy run by and she's just like laughing and like nauseous and like sweating and just like wobbly it's like looks like a crazy person but but yeah. from what you've said you're loving it <laughs> i mean you're you're loving what you're doing um, i know uh, yeah yeah awesome. so i'm curious when you first found running you said i think you were around 27 years old or so when you first started running seriously or uh, competitively even though you're not competitive particularly by nature but what at what point in your life were you at then or, or what, what void were you looking to fill that, that running took or, or did it replace something else? How did it first come about? Well, I think, you know, I, I was able to do track in middle school and high school and I usually did okay that I um, got to go to cities and I liked cross country and, um, and in high school, um, you know, you, uh, was probably more keeping in shape kind of thing, but, um, it wasn't until, um, uh, yeah, I guess I was 27 that I, I was playing, um, just a rec league, uh, women's soccer. And, um, a friend said, uh, um, let's do this half marathon. So again, in Manitoba, it's a lot of times it'll be minus 40 in February. And we decided to do, um, it's called the hypothermic calf was my first half marathon. And I was instantly, instantly hooked and and then running became more of um um you know what are the best fuels i can put in my body um uh what are the best workouts i wanted speed workouts i wanted hill training sessions i wanted long runs and it became this passion of of um what can i do to um have the best runs and uh, great recovery and all these things so so then i just hopped on the marathon train and started um, always wanting to have faster times and, and bigger races. So I went from half marathon to full marathon. And then it was like, okay, well, I want to try for a Boston marathon. And um, so I qualified for that and I did Boston and, and it was always just trying to like be faster or find something more challenging. And so after I did Boston, I thought, well, I'll try triathlon. So I did a little bit of just some sprint and Olympic distance triathlon and really found that I uh, liked my head above water and my feet on the mm -hmm. ground. So I <laughs> decided running was where it was at for me. And um, it's hard to sing uh, while so you're swimming, after... right? <laughs> What's that? It's hard to sing while you're swimming. <laughs> I know. It wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. um, so it kind of, um, 
it kind of took going to triathlon for me to kind of fall in love with running again because I hated looking at my watch. I didn't want to wear my garment. I didn't want to know my speeds and my times. And that's another wonderful thing about trail running is that you're spending time in nature and, and time really isn't um, a huge part of it. Like, you know, you might, um, I just leave my watch at home. I don't really care. I just, I go out and enjoy the trails. I enjoy being in nature. And I love that part of trail running. And I really find that the trail running community is really that way too. Like if you are on a race course, I really find that people want to see you succeed and do well and cross those finish lines. So when you pass people on the races, 90% of them are like, great job. You're doing great. Like way to go kind of thing. So the culture there is really nice and your race directors are really, um, they're really encouraging too, and they care about the environment and they want to make sure that we're not littering and there's no cups on the course. Like you bring your own, you know, cups to put water and we want to have as little um, litter as possible. So I really, I really like that that's important to them and that it's, we want to keep things how, how we found them. Yeah. I'm curious to know a little bit more about the hypothermic half marathon. Um, just, just from, you know, I lived in the prairies for, for a couple decades, as you know, and I mean, I remember days when it was minus 40, they're just like, yeah, you're not allowed to go outside. I mean, you're just, you know, that's outside is not an option for you today. In fact, any exposed flesh will freeze (laughs) and Stacy decides, you know what? 21 K go for a little run in the, in the, in minus 40. Let's do it. How do you navigate that practically? Because I imagine underneath all your, like, are you wearing toques, <laughs> gloves and scarves? Aren't you getting sweaty? Like, how, how do you navigate that? And if you take off those clothes, do you start to, does that encourage frostbite? How, how do you do that? Yeah, a lot of times all you'll see is my eyeballs. They cover <laughs> everything up and um, I'll come back with eyelashes. I can hardly see out of because they're just solid white and um but the nice thing is there's so many great technical clothing pieces out there that you really don't have to, um, you know, look like a Michelin person <laughs> walking down the street. You can, you can, um, you can run. And it's funny. I always, I always have people say, Oh, you're going to freeze your lungs. And I just kind of, uh-huh. Yeah. It, it's not possible. <laughs> you know, like I have my mouth covered and I've never, I've gotten frostbite for sure on my face, but um, that's one comment I get from people all the time is that I'm going to freeze my lungs. <laughs> that's interesting. Cause we hear that on the Island when it gets like minus five and <laughs> we're going for a run. It's like, don't do it. Your lungs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As well, far as to... I know, that's just uh, old wives tale. <laughs> well, it's good to know. Well, it's obviously not true. Cause here you are. Yeah, it's just a little frostbite on your face. No, that's no big that's deal. That's all right. Yeah, I can handle that. <laughs> so when when hearing about you talk about going through that experience of starting with half marathons and, and trying out triathlons and finding ultras and wanting to get better and better times and, and just keep kind of pushing ahead, it, it reminds me of um, something called the success paradox, which we... As, as an achiever type person, um, we can often get kind of fall into that where you set up a task, you complete it, it's behind you and you, it's always kind of what's next and, and how can I do better and, and what can I do more? Um, how do you avoid falling into that or do you fall into that um, and, and what are some challenges that creates? Um, well, again, I think I fell 
more into that with road racing because it is more technical with time and and trail running takes that out a little bit um but you know right now i'm researching races i want to do for next year and i'm um i'm looking for climbs i want mountain races you know so and it's not necessarily that i um want to do better faster because you can't really compare the two but um, I've had a little taste of it and I liked it and um, I find that the um, courses with uh, climbs are so beautiful like there's so much um, there's so many different parts of the race you've got water crossings you've got snow you've got mud you've got climbs you've got uh, you know in the trees so um, so for me it's not really about um, improving a certain time or getting better faster but for me like my dream is just to keep doing these as long as I can and to travel to all these different places and see, be able to run on all these different trails around the world is kind of what, what's inspiring me. What would you say to people who think you're absolutely insane? <laughs> I get that all the time. <laughs> Don't talk to your um, mother that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I guess I just, I don't know. It's just when you started a race, it really is an unknown. Like you really don't know if you're going to be able, what's going to happen. There's so many things in a hundred miles. There's a hundred different things that can go wrong. And when you tow the line, um, there's really that uncertainty. Like, are you going to be able to finish this? You just don't know. There's, there's so many things you can be faced with. And, um, and I guess I kind of like that challenge too of being a problem solver and um, catching things before they start, you know, like if you're starting to feel hot spots, if you're starting to feel nauseous, if you're um, starting to be too hot or too cold, like you're almost like your body's an airplane and you're always checking the gauges and what do I need to do before this becomes a problem. So it's just, it's never boring to me. And um, I like having to kind of problem solve and, it's always different. So um, I know people think I'm crazy, but <laughs> there's people way crazier than me, though. Believe me. <laughs> that's <laughs> I, that's I what know the crazy it, people say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not me. Everyone I, else is crazy. Yeah, everyone else is crazy. <laughs> but I guess I just, I, um, it's something different It's every time. And I just, um, I don't know. Well, I just uh, love the adventure of the kind of the unknown, I guess. Yeah. I, I think a couple things are really apparent. Um, you know, if the listeners could see your face right now, they would just see you. You have a smile just plastered on your face as you're talking about these grueling, nauseous, you know, sleep deprived races. You truly love it. And I think that's that's part of the part of the reason why you do it is you truly love, love the the whole adventure, not just the part at the end when you come across and and get your time and you're done. But you love you love even the challenges and, and you know that not, you know, you're going to feel nauseous at some point, but you're okay with that. You know, you're going to, you might get a little cramp, but you know what you're going to do there. And I, I think you, you seem to just be someone who thrives on challenge and, and obstacles, which is why you're on our podcast. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but I think, I think that's such a, a, such a cool philosophy because I think in this day and age, a, a lot of people tend to avoid anything that's challenging or, or if there's a str inherent struggle, they'll, they'll go around it. But, but you, you go into it thinking, Oh, there's a hundred things I don't know. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Ha have you always been okay with a hundred things you don't know, or did that take time to develop? 
Um, yes, I suppose that took time. Um, I don't know. I guess I just, yeah, I don't know. Just the adventure and the unknown and it's just not boring, you know, like, and I'm, I'm so, I, I run a running club, um, uh, a couple times a year and, and I'm just so proud and it's so rewarding when I see people do their first 10 K first half marathon, first full marathon. Um, uh, but for me, um, I've done that for 15 years. I've done the road. And for me, the trail is just this whole exciting unknown. It's something different, something new. Or the road, I didn't expect a whole lot of different things to happen there. But the trail is just like, who knows what's going to happen out there? What am I going to see? What's it going to look like? How am I going to feel? So, um, yeah, it's just just that unknown, I guess. It's more wild and you embrace that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So those, those people who think you're crazy or, or at least in my imagination, those people who think you're crazy, perhaps they, what they're really thinking is I could never do something like that. And the, the work that you do, um, running training clubs and clinics and, and doing the personal training and, and the boot camps, you encounter, those sorts of people quite often who think oh, I could never do that. And yeah. I'm, I'm curious how, or what would you say to them or somebody who's listening, who, who thinks I could never do that. I can barely even, you know, walk five kilometers, let alone run 10 kilometers. Yeah. I just, I just say, don't be intimidated and, um, and let me help you get, there you know and like I said if if you haven't run a block or lifted a weight or done a push-up let me help you do that and um, sometimes um, I'll have people say to me um, maybe their running homework was to, to run uh, four miles and they really didn't feel like going out that day but they'll say you know what I knew you were out there doing 24 miles so surely I could go out and do my four miles and so part of it for me doing these two is to help inspire people and to maybe help them um, with their own. Cause I, I, I genuinely want to help people feel better and be healthier. So if I could maybe be doing this and they see, Oh, well, she, you know, she's doing 24 miles. I can do my three or four miles. And that's, that makes me happy. That's rewarding for me. And um, so I guess to people, you know, I would say to them, like, I didn't start doing 100 miles. I started doing um, a lot shorter than that, and I just built up to there. And so you can't just start big. you got to start small. You've got to do those baby steps and um, just don't be intimidated and just start somewhere and um, make it a lifestyle, right? And it might take some time, but you'll, you'll get there. So, yeah, the lifestyle piece I think is really important. Um, how do you find that you've helped people build more healthy active habits um well people that know me i um and i don't want to step on anybody's toes but i get kind of annoyed at a lot of these um you know the diet pills and the shakes and the potions and and these things and i've i've been doing this long enough that i know every year there's something different there's so there's a new diet there's a new whatever that comes along and to me those aren't sustainable and they don't teach people um how to have healthy habits so um 
you know, for me, it's balance and it's, it's teaching people um, to make those small changes that they can see themselves doing five years down the road. Not something that's so hard that they, you know, end up breaking it a couple of days down the road kind of thing. So um, I really encourage people to make um, small changes that eventually become a habit that they don't even notice anymore. So if someone, if someone comes to me, say for nutrition and they say, you know, I just, I've tried everything. I can't, you know, I just can't um, seem to make anything work. And so we go, okay, well, you know, what's kind of one small thing that you can change? So say, for example, somebody eats um, two pieces of peanut butter and banana toast before they go to bed every night. Well, maybe have one piece of toast you know, with banana and peanut butter. And then it's not such a, a drastic change. It's just a small little habit that over time is going to make a big difference. So I really encourage people just to, um, to make these small changes. And it's going to take a long time. It's a journey. It's not something that's a quick fix. And if it's something that is really important to you, then it's something that you're going to have to put some time into. Um, a couple things, Stacy. First of all, peanut butter and banana is amazing. <laughs> I, I love it. I love that. I agree. Great example. Agree. You eat that too? I've told people I eat that and they're like, why would you combine those things? Are you crazy? And I'm like, no, it's good. So yeah, those are two good things. Good protein as well. Uh, second thing, you lost me at peanut butter and banana. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, I want some. Uh, the other thing though I was thinking is, I know you've been doing your business for about 11 years. So you probably trained conceivably hundreds of people over that time have come to your classes and and I know you train people as young as 12 and as and 70 year olds I, I know come to come to your classes I'm wondering if you if there's one or two of those people over the last maybe decade whose stories might be worth sharing here um, who who may have came to you with perhaps perhaps they were fighting an illness and they were trying to recover recover their health back perhaps they were fighting just lack of confidence and they're they're very overweight is there is there a story you could pass along to perhaps inspire us and our listeners? Well, I do have um, a special lady in my class named Alice, and last year she was diagnosed with um, with cancer, and um, she didn't quit, and she just kept coming. And the nice thing about our our boot camp classes is that they're little families. And it's more than just fitness. And we ended up having a 12-hour boot camp um, to help raise money for our, our local hospital. We ended up raising $7,000 with this 12-hour wow. boot camp that we went on. And um, um, and she would have chemo treatments and show up at class that night. And, you know, she'd be lifting her weights. And I just thought, you know, there's so many people that have so many excuses. You know, maybe the weather's not that nice that day or... <laughs> They're just not feeling it, but here's Alice who is going through chemo treatments and she's showing up every single time. And just last week, actually, she um, told us that she had a positive CT scan, which is such wonderful news. So that's someone who throughout the whole year, we saw her go through her chemo, her surgery. She didn't quit. Um, and the doctors actually told her probably because of her positive attitude and because that she was so healthy and fit that she did recover so well. So that's a special story that uh, sticks out for me. And we do have another lady that's just been diagnosed with cancer. And, and now the two of them have each other to um, support each other. So again, it's so much more than just fitness. It's just this 
family and we all kind of support each other. So it's, you know, it's not just about looking or feeling great in your genes. It's, it's what's inside, you know, and uh, the health, the health um, that people are experiencing as well. What comes to mind when you think about the kind of impact that you made on, on Alice and on her life? She, she, it, it was her. I was just, uh, <laughs> I'm the social convener. I, I put together the class and the people, but she's the one that, um, that uh, didn't quit, but she came every time. So, you know, I'm happy that I, I got to be there and I maybe, you know, got some of these people together, but it, it's her that, it's the impressive one. <laughs> hey, Stacy, you're on a podcast. This is the time when you can brag about yourself. <laughs> no, in, in, in all serious, you know, you're very humble and, and, and modest and that's, that's wonderful. But at the same time, what, what are, what are some gifts that you give to you, to your clients that, that you think, what, what, what do you specifically have that, that can help them um, regain their health back? Um, I think I'm just real. Like, like you said, I watch Netflix and I eat junk food with my husband at night and I, (laughs) and, um, and I'm just, I guess I'm just real and I can, um, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like I'm not intimidated. I'm not intimidating to people. I feel like I'm pretty approachable and, um, and so, you know, I've had people stick with me for this whole 11 years, which I'm so wow. super grateful for. And, um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I hope in a small way that I've, I've helped them lead healthier, happy lives. But, yeah. Well, based on the testimonies on your website, I think you have. <laughs> well, that's good. I feel pretty grateful that I get to be with them daily. <laughs> so... If someone was looking for a, a really good personal trainer or boot camp to go to or just someone to help them get fit or more healthy uh, and they didn't want to come to Brandon, Manitoba, despite the amazing <laughs> climate and beautiful flat ground, um, where, how would you suggest that they find that person or group? You know, I think... Um, the scariest thing for people is just that first time, and and I see it with my group too. Is that um, it's people say I was really intimidated to come. They're like Stacy Dimmer, the name just sounded scary, <laughs> and then they come and meet me, and they're like, okay. <laughs> so I think you know, um, out of your comfort zone and make that first step just to just decide whether a lot of these. Um, a lot of boot camps or, or clubs will, um, you know, have a try it for free thing. So go see if it's for you and, and it might not be and try something else, but, um, um, you know, get, get out of that comfort zone and go take that step to, um, to go. And I think you'll probably find once you go there that, um, I know for our group, especially everyone's very welcoming and no one's judging. Everyone's just kind of happy to be there. And, um, Sometimes they do more visiting than working out, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I get on them for. But um, I do love, too, that they're a community and um, that they come to visit and to sweat and to have fun. So that's, a, that's an important part to me as well. Awesome. So I think people just kind of have to explore and find something that works for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Uh, it seems to me, Stacey, that two of your more notable obstacles have to be time, because I'm sure our listeners are, have begun to put two and two together and say, okay, okay, so she runs for five hours in the morning, and then <laughs> and then you said she has her own business? Okay, well, for, for for those of us who run our own business, we know how much time that takes. You could just always be on your business, so you got to do your business. I think she mentioned earlier in the conversation she has a couple of kids. Okay, presumably they have activities, um, and I know they play hockey, rep rep level hockey. So, good thing hockey doesn't take up a lot of time. So there's there's <laughs> a number of days a week, and pr- perhaps the weekends. And then I know you're doing a bit of work at the hospital, and like you said, you're married. Um, you have your friend groups. Um, you're active in your church. Like I'm, I'm almost yawning just spelling out your life. I mean, so first of all, how do you navigate and use the word balance your own life, and, and so you can get all that done? And second of all, how do you have the energy? What, what, <laughs> what is your magic equation for the energy? I think there was a potion that she mentioned earlier. <laughs> yeah. I think it's something to do with potions <laughs> and and multi level marketing. She loves potions. Yeah, you got to come out with something. But anyways, yeah, maybe you could maybe you could speak to those two things, time and energy. Well, and that is a challenge of mine. Um, you know, I I don't want to take away any time from my family. They are so super supportive, and I am so grateful. My husband lets me do these adventures, and and uh, but I do try and be home um, before they get out of bed a lot of times. And if it is a longer run, maybe only a couple hours after they've been up. And um, I just don't want to take away family time. And every weekend we're running, whether it's hockey, baseball, soccer, we're running. And and sometimes there's nothing I want to do more than just crawl into bed. But I got to be on. I, I want to be a good wife. I want to interact with my husband. I want to, you know, I have to clean. I got to shop. I got to get kids to where they need to be. And and so that's definitely a challenge. So I guess it's just a mindset like, yeah, I want to go to bed, but you can't. Like you've got to be a mom, you got to be a wife and you got to, you kind of just got to suck it up and go. Um, and so, like I said, nine o'clock comes around and um, I'm, I'm really tired because I've put in a full day and um, at the hospital, I, I only work for three hours a day, but sometimes those are the hardest three hours because I'm sitting at a desk and yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I am fighting to stay awake sometimes because I'm just, you know, if I'm if I'm teaching classes and and I'm running and I'm doing stuff at home, I'm I'm on it, I'm good. But then once I have to sit down, then I'm I might uh, he might find me sleeping. <laughs> just just invent things to photocopy. Just sprint to the photocopier, photocopy some yeah. some random thing yeah. just to keep moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's funny. <laughs> cool. So so you answered the time one, and then what about the energy? Um, we haven't even talked about your diet at all. Um, which I'm sure a bunch of listeners are wondering, what, is, what does that girl eat and, or drink or not <laughs> or not drink? I, I'm not sure. So perhaps you could share yeah. a little bit of a little bit of that. Um, I follow mostly a plant-based diet, so um, mostly fruits and vegetables, beans and rice are what I eat mostly, and chips and chocolate as well. <laughs> Yay! I love <laughs> chips. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, but, you know, 80% of the time, I definitely try and have um, uh, whole unprocessed foods. And like I said, lots of beans, lots of rice, lots of fruits and vegetables. And I think probably eating a diet like that will give me better energy than maybe someone who is not eating, um, you know, maybe someone who's eating more processed types of foods. Um, 
don't don't drink the pop or anything just drink lots of water um even on the races like i don't do the the um the gels the supplements or the <laughs> gels or goos i just um uh i just i drink boost and i eat salted potato with like boiled potatoes ahead of time um so <laughs> <laughs> wow um <laughs> i think i think we need to introduce stacy to rumble <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually. Uh, former, What's that? Former guest, uh, Paul Underhill, created... He uh, he was born, basically, with cystic fibrosis, and uh, he created this super shake out of necessity for his own health concerns and turned it into a amazing business, making these super shakes, which are high in protein, uh, high in healthy carbs, basically no sugar, and they're also delicious and like not chalky flavored at all. So, um, and mm. yeah, they, they're, they've just reemerged on the market after a bit of, um, a transformation and, and yeah, maybe we'll, we'll have to ship you out some to, to Brandon Manitoba so you can get, get some rumbles and, and, uh, yeah. lose the boost. Yeah. Cause I think Paul's, Paul's term for boost <laughs> was it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just need anything that doesn't make me nauseous. It, it's funny, like I used to say, um, when you go to an ultra marathon, the, you go, you're in this beautiful woods and you come across this table and it looks like a 10-year-old birthday party because it's full of jujubes and cookies and chips and Mountain Dew and Coke. And it's so awesome. And you're like, wow, what can I take? And then, you know, 10, 20 miles after that, you're just like, this is disgusting. I don't want anything on this table. I'm nauseous. Um, so it's, it's fun the first time. So yeah, that can be a real challenge trying to, I know a lot of people suffer from, um, you know, being nauseous and a lot of people drop out of the races because they can't, uh, keep things down. So it, it really is, um, something special if you can find some food that works for you. So for me, yeah, it's been real food, I guess. I'm just never going to lose the image of you running through the woods with a bag of boiled potatoes listening to Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> right? Am I not selling this? Who would want to do this? This is amazing. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, another question, actually. I'm surprised Andrew hasn't asked this yet. But uh, so you're running for 28 hours. You're not sleeping. But you must at some point be going to the bathroom. So how? <laughs> so we don't need too many details on this. Although, whatever. Um, but, but how, how do, how do you manage that? I guess, is there, is there like little porta potties up by the man and the dog <laughs> or is there, are you just hanging off the cliff? Like what's happening there? You wearing it depends. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I also want to ask a follow-up question to John. Why, why did you just assume that I was going to be asking this question? Cause I was deflecting cause I really wanted to ask. <laughs> so, so Yeah. Uh, it's, that's, that must be an obstacle people face in ultra marathons. Um, yeah, there's, there's a few outhouses. Um, mostly you just kind of find a tree and, uh, pop a squat. <laughs> um, pop, pop a squat. <laughs> cool. Um, for me, I don't know why, but I seem to, um, as soon as night comes, that's the only time I really have to go, um, pee. <laughs> and yeah. so luckily there's no one around and it's dark. So I just kind of go off the trail, um, and I don't know if it's colder at nighttime and then you kind of feel like you have to go, but all throughout the day, you don't really 
have the urge to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, let me tell you, John feels a lot of relief now knowing <laughs> the answer to that question. So <laughs> You're not the first person that's asked me that. Well, <laughs> hey, it's a practical question. I'm sure some, some <laughs> listener is thinking that. How on earth does she go 28 hours without going pee? I can't go one hour. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was just thinking a little bit um, about for for listeners and and perhaps we can kind of begin to wrap up by asking how how might people take on some of your positive mindset like what what can people do what gifts or or resources or guidance could you offer to help people who are struggling with day to day lives let alone getting through a hundred mile race. And how can you help them perhaps gain a, a more positive mindset? I think being, I think practicing gratitude, and I know that might sound hokey, but every day I wake up and I'm thankful and I list everything that I'm thankful for. And um, that puts a lot of things into perspective. And um, one thing people say about me is that um, maybe I'm patient um, and and um, maybe not quick to anger. So I, I really kind of choose my battles. And I find that a lot of people that I have come across in work um, spaces kind of make a mountain out of a molehill. And, you know, really, um, there's a lot of like talking behind each other's back sometimes and, and um, some negative thoughts. And I just feel like, you know, Stay away from that. Pick your battles. You know, if it's something that's really dear to your heart that you need to kind of stand up for, then maybe, you know, you can approach a person. But for the most part, I just think, you know, if that person was kind of nasty to me, you know, maybe they're going through something that I don't know about. And, and not that I want people to walk all over me, but a lot of times I'll just kind of try and mostly let things roll, you know, and just because um, I just find that people – it's exhausting sometimes just kind of being around people that are so negative and wanting to kind of pick fights all the time and, and just make things way worse than they need to be when, you know, give yourself 24 hours and have a look at it. And a lot of times it's not as, as bad as you thought. Right. So, so yeah, just, you know, being grateful, being slow to anger, um, putting yourself in that other person's um, position and, you know, maybe going, what are they going through right now that's making them, them be like, that and and um one thing I, I want to mention too is about my my grandma when I when I grew up um on the farm um she was in the farmhouse in the middle and my cousins were um on the other side and and she was um we've lost her in the last five years which has been a tough thing so I, she's definitely someone that um I want to live my life like and that's how she was was very kind and gentle and wait one sec <laughs> um selfless and that's how i want to live my life like too so <laughs> so having um my mom and my grandma be such wonderful women role models i think has um has really helped and my grandma um I think she made me love nature as well. My grandma and my mom, they taught, you know, we go berry picking and I learn about all the different berries and flowers. And, and so also being out on those trails and, you know, I've just kind of picked up ultra running um, in the last five years when I, when we lost grandma. And so being out there also um, reminds me of her and um, oh. mom must make it so close with her. 
Yeah, that's so, that's very cool, yeah. Stacy. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, another thing I thought about too was with with you talking about staying away from the drama. I mean, I just think you're not you don't have time for it. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. you're uh, and this is a good thing I'm going to say here is your life is so full of the things you love, your family and your running and your community that that you really don't have time to sit around on Facebook and argue about, you know, the the weird guy in the neighborhood or you know, the person who drove too fast or the things that we can get caught up in when we have too much time on our hands. So perhaps mm-hmm. investing our time in the important things and having our values and priorities will keep us away from that drama and keep us away from kind of getting into a negative mindset. Um, that's yeah, one thing I, I, I hear um, from, from your example. And you mentioned going outside of your comfort zone earlier to kind of first get into running and, and being okay with the uncomfortable and I, I just think that's a, a huge piece of importance that we're never going to really learn anything about our own limits or what we can do until we take that step of going outside of our comfort zone like if we had have talked to 27 year old Stacy about running 100 mile ultra marathons and coming first in <laughs> out of all of the women in the race, what, what do you think that Stacy would have said if you if we told her that? I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I first heard of ultra running, I was like, "That's insane! Who would ever do that?" <laughs> yeah. You know, after, after I did my first half marathon, you know, I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I could ever do a full. That's twice of what I just did." You know, and then, you know, and then when I did my fifty, I was like, "Oh, I don't think I'd ever do a hundred. And then here I am, uh, six. 100s later and looking for my next one so <laughs> well and just um, to be clear a, a, an ultra is four marathons yeah so just when yeah. you thought you couldn't do one now you're doing four <laughs> through the mountains <laughs> yeah <laughs> which really yeah. puts things into perspective wow yeah it's it's incredibly inspiring and um we would love to, to talk for longer and i'm sure you could talk for the next 25 hours or so but john and i are getting a little tuckered out <laughs> yeah. so this is exhausting i hope i'm not boring you guys no 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 i haven't been able to pee i haven't had a peanut butter and banana sandwich in a couple hours I mean... <laughs> no one of the reasons we wanted to get you on here stacy besides your story is i i just have known you to always be so positive and, and uh I, I told andrew that's all you need to know she's one of the more positive people i've ever known and and you still are and and this has been so inspiring um, just just hearing your story and just seeing your smile. I, I, I really wish that the listeners could see your smile. Listeners, she's had a smile on her face the entire time talking about, you know, doing doing these these, you know, hor- quote, horrible runs that she loves. <laughs> and that that's wonderful to find find a space in your life that brings you that much joy. And, and I, I think you're going to be doing this for a long, long time. I hope so. Yeah. And that's a great point, John, that uh, this is something in your life that you enjoy that really inspires you and, and connects you to your uh, your ancestors and the outdoors. And it for, for people listening who actually think it is crazy, I couldn't do that, um, and, and I don't even want to try, that's fine. But there, there could be something else that you need to step out of your comfort zone to find and to start doing and get that same smile across your face it's out there everyone has their own thing absolutely yeah i think yeah 
I was just going to say, I think our world would be a happier place if we spent more time being active and being outdoors. I think there'd be a lot happier people out there. So yeah, if I can encourage anyone, if you're, <laughs> if you're feeling like you're in a slump, just get out for a walk, just get some fresh air, just, just be active. And I think you'd be surprised just how your mindset can change for the better. And listen, folks. If Stacy can get out in nature when it's freaking minus 40 for eight months of the year and, and she can get out and have a smile on her face. We live on Vancouver Island, folks. Okay. We have no excuses. Enjoy this amazing island we have. And Stacy, you should look for, uh, I don't know if there's any mountain race around. Whistler must have something. You should do a Whistler one. There's probably a Whistler yeah, mountain. Yeah, it looks around. beautiful out that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd There's love it. There's a race called uh, Squamish um, that I would love to do. Uh, Gary Robbins puts it on that I would love to try and get out for that one. Okay. There's a Finlayson, yeah. a Finlayson, I think 50K as well that's on the island. But 50K is Oh, nothing. Andrew, that's only 50. Yeah. That's adorable. <laughs> I think th there might even be 100 <laughs> as well. But yeah. And, and there are hills, but there's not hills like... Like you're going up in Idaho. No. Where could people go to connect with you and, and hear more about your inspiring tales and, and your next achievement? Um, on Instagram um, or Facebook at Stacy Detmer Fitness. Great. Okay, we'll put that on the show notes, folks. So Stacy, maybe text me that stuff. Just, to, just so I have all that. Um, we're, we, are, we are recording this, you know, John. <laughs> I know. I'm just so relaxed right now. <laughs> Andrew's like, we are still live and recording. <laughs> I think, I think we've got it. Cover that off later. <laughs> you just mail me some, uh, a, a note to remind me. Yeah, and honestly, peanut butter and banana, folks, try it. It's, it's Except good. only one. Awesome. Just uh, one, just not one. two. No. Right. <laughs> That's... If you're struggling, if you're struggling with some overeating, <laughs> just one. <laughs> That's John's biggest takeaway of the day is I need to go get myself a peanut butter and banana sandwich, but only one. For us. That's what Stacy says. Yeah. Well, thank thanks a lot for for being with us today and for sharing that smile and that inspiration. And uh, I I think I'm gonna go for a run tomorrow morning. Uh, awesome. Maybe not maybe not at 4 a.m. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be thinking of you out there on the trails. Let me suggest well, you can, you Big can Daddy. message me and tell me how it went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess one thing I forgot to mention too is um, my running buddies that I run with um, in the mornings. And um, uh, I also feel like I couldn't do what I do without them as well. And, um, you know, we talk about little bumps in the road that we all face. And we, we joke around that we're our own free therapy because whatever we're going through, um that's a really nice time together each morning is running together and talking about our what we're going through at that time of our life so um yeah just that's really special that i do have um, some really great running buddies that i run with in the mornings as well cool what are their names um manuela sandy lacy and patty awesome well yeah what a great idea yeah i love yeah, that so, and I guess, you know, if I could give another tip too, if you wanted to start running is to find a buddy, like mm -hmm. running can be so wonderful because all you do need is a pair of shoes and, and some time and a nice place to, to run maybe. But um, 
having a running buddy is is so wonderful and um you know even if it's an early morning or if it's raining and you know that you're running buddies waiting at the corner for you it, it really gets you out the door if you're if you're going through something hard or if you've got something exciting you want to talk to them about just knowing that they're going to be out there with you visiting it's uh it's really special mm. so if uh if you're start if you're wanting to get into it find a friend and uh and do that together and it can really help you i think awesome well, thank you so much, Stacy. This has been a wonderful hour-long conversation. I feel inspired to do so many things, and um, I, I know our <laughs> listeners will as well. It was it was great to great to hear from you again, and and, and keep keep doing what you're doing. It's it's changing so yeah. many lives. Thank you, thank you for letting me relive my race story and talk about my wonderful family and friends and my wonderful community here. I'm, I'm grateful that uh, and flattered that you asked me. So thank you. Our pleasure. Well, that's the episode. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. We appreciate your time and attention. If we can make one request, please subscribe. How do you do that, John? They push subscribe. That's all you got to do. We also got social media, guys. We got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Please like us and follow us there. We also got a really fancy website. ObstacleCoursePodcast.com. That is the one. That's where you'll find our show notes and lots of other goodies. And if you have somebody who'd be great for the podcast, please let us know. Send us a message on any of those networks and we'll bring them on. Mm -hmm, for sure. We're always looking for good people. Thanks for listening. Keep pushing through those obstacles.